It's like so it's RP doing partials like six, now. RP seven, eight. Still partials. doing still partials, and then it goes full range <laughs> yeah. eventually. Rob doesn't want to pull a rotator cast, does it? Would you rather poo in the only known toilet in a party, <laughs> or knowing that you'll clog it, <laughs> <laughs> or poo in the bushes in the backyard? Please hurry. <laughs> what are these annotations at the end? You've added that in for your own. I haven't added, right? please hurry. That's, that was part of it. So you poo in the bushes or you poo in the only known toilet, but you block it. Does, yeah. it, do it. does everyone know that you blocked it? Well, you'll come out, there might be. Is there a queue? There could be. What well, is there? Well, I that's working you, in what, a, this you, is a world of absolutes, you see, very Yeah, but you were in the toilet. How do you know if there's a queue outside? Well, was the one when you went in? No. Right. How long have you been in there? Quite a while. You've, you've been enough you've to block it. the toilet, so enough to panic and realize the oh, biggest poos. The biggest poos that I do happen very quickly. Are the ones that the ones that tumble out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> have you heard of you know the scale of like one in ten poos is a phantom. <laughs> so you look in the toilet and it's not there. It's gone straight it's gone straight down the and you wipe and there's no evidence. So you're like, then you start thinking like, did I actually, did I actually poo? poo? Like, did I have the sensation of a poo? Or Does that I... happen one in ten poos to you? I'm not saying it happens one in ten to me, I'm saying it's meant to happen roughly one in ten. Like, if you have a healthy poo. According to the Office of National Statistics or something. <laughs> the Office like... of National Poo. Right. Do I have toilet roll if I poo in the, in the woods? In the woods? <clears throat> what was the You've other? gone, you've Bushes. gone to the woods, <laughs> yeah. You've <laughs> gone a long way from the party. Like, Chris poos in the woods. <laughs> Doesn't make a noise if he's by himself. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Zen question of uh, the, the old timeless one. So I'll be in the toilet. Take a chance blocking wow. it. If I'm do I have, do I have can I can I go to the bathroom, Take get some, some loo roll and go and because that might be quite nice. Am I right? Am I or am I not right when I say that sitting down in what would be a full squat, having made depth, and pooing in that position, uh anatomically mm. is a more effective position to poo in than sitting on a seat. You can buy um, little foot raises yeah, to put your hip oh. in a better position. Raise your knee. This is right in your wheelhouse. How do you not know this? What, that you're in a better position? Yeah, yeah if, if I was you, to... If you raise your legs, you, un, yeah, you unkink your, your rectum. Because there, your rectum's straight, whereas when you're standing, it kinks off to the back. So it's like a shelf. Mm-hmm. So you you take away take away the shelf and then who can fall out? Find so me in the bushes. Right? Find bushes. Is this all in the podcast now? Or? This is recording now. We can go I'm to in the, the bushes. Next it's fine. <clears throat> You're in the woods. We can do the next one. Right. I'm either in the bushes or on the toilet. I'm probably going to go toilet because party probably been drinking. Probably wouldn't care that much, and would probably become a source of conversation if there's people I didn't know. Like oh, the guy that built the toilet. Yeah, I am. Nice to meet you. What's going on? <laughs> Whereas otherwise, like you've got to think of something to say. How long are your legs? Mm. Precisely, <laughs> and then that's just a you know, and then you're in quite long. Why are they that long? I'm not sure. 
And then you're back to Philly. square one again. That's... Why he likes a wide apart, I don't know that either. That's, that's impressive that you're taking one team and willing to just... Well, there's no team, the team's me. I don't know. Like, you... I don't want to go the... I don't want to join Chris in the woods, so... Would you not want to go together? Because we can't go together on the toilet. Well, that's what you think. Well, you got a big ass. <laughs> well, you you could squat. Let's not I have that conversation. Move between your legs. <laughs> you could squat on my legs, couldn't you? Like, if you were to stand on my legs and squat, then what, what do you reckon? What is, the, what, is the, what is the percentage chance of I mean, me of I mean, me being able to me. aim between your legs and genitals and hit the toilet without hitting you? It's like ten percent. I mean, if you pooed on my genital, geni- genital, <laughs> on Gen- my genital, <laughs> on my genital, <laughs> then I'd be upset with you. I would be upset with you. Even well, if you've, you've let me get to that position, you knew it might happen. I'd feel a bit aggrieved if I'm honest. Something. Can we just pause so we can tell Chris the story about Julie leaving the wedding? Yeah. Were you in the car? You're yeah, in the car. I was in the car. That's one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. That's fantastic. Like I'm not cross, but but did, <laughs> did, we, get did we get married? Like, I'm not. I'm not going to get angry with you, but did I think you got married to me yesterday, and I can't remember any of it because <laughs> <laughs> no one had any Mars bars. No one had any Mars bars. Is it, did he have too much or too little sugar? He had he shot his insulin and then the, didn't have a Mars bar. Yeah. And then they were force feeding him like melon juice or something. It was mango juice. Loads of mango juice. The Chinese medic turned up with the sandwich gloves. (laughs) (laughs) No kit with him. No kit. (laughs) Deli gloves. Just got 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 stuck straight. Got stuck straight into handling some cured meat. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a hundred grams or two hundred grams? Yeah, yeah. Do you want double cheese on that (laughs) toasty? Scooby's getting frustrated because we're we're not talking about the subject. <laughs> I think that one podcast, maybe this one, maybe a future one, me and you should spend the entire podcast trying to subvert us getting to the topic. <laughs> so it's just a game of and me we can and just you talk it topic. pulling pulling the topic away. That's, that's just every podcast. So far. <laughs> that's, that's not like an ingenious if prank. Just call it's it like, oh, I know. Top, I've got a great topicless. idea. Topicless. <sighs> topicless cast. Should we try and start this podcast? Okay. <clears throat> can you give me a clap? <laughs> clap sabotage, that's what that is. Right, I'll let you clap. Clabotage. <laughs> it's gonna be the sound on his face. Right. Welcome to the Propane Fitness Podcast. We are here with Chris once again. Because Chris, Chris once again. <laughs> because Chris has joined <clears throat> Reebok CrossFit in Newcastle. So have I. So is Johnny. Mm. The difference is Chris has been sucked in to the dark side. Uh, Johnny is uh, staying strong. He's managed to not, not yet attend a CrossFit class. Um, that I remember or know of. He, he claims, yeah, mm. I, I'm probably in a week or two going to just find him doing snatch every minute on the minute and he'll be crying and guilty about <laughs> it and <laughs> he'll have to go through you recovery. Did, you did do your lifting routine during a class in the same area as a class today. Oh, slippery slope. And I've also actually moved. So I would normally squat in a separate bit of the gym, but today 
squatted near where the class was happening. So I was like, class, it, was, it was in between the class. Mm. There was people doing movements either side of you on the rack. Basically, I just needed to be around the class. So I trained in the class without doing what the class was so doing. So I, I went to the, the drug dealer's house and just sat with them, had a cup of tea while they all smoked heroin. and. Mm. So you can, see, you can see what happens. It's a, sli- it's a, it's a very slippery slope. It, yeah, it's a gateway drug. The thing about CrossFit and watching everyone do CrossFit is that it looks really appealing mm-hmm. to do. Looks really exciting. Completely different to any other training routine you could possibly ever do. Especially if you're used to doing like dumbbell press, dumbbell row, and then lap all down and leave. Which I imagine is what you did before. Yeah. So compared ten to years that, of chest press. Ten years. If that could be a film. Just ten years of chest <laughs> press. <laughs> Instead of ten years of slave. Yeah. Well, ten it's, years kind of the same, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> Just I, tears. Do you think you could make chest press harder than a crossfit session? You'd have to do, no, no, because it's not just, it's not just how fatigued you are in terms of like muscular, it's how much your lungs are gassed and then how drained you are, like, would that be nervous system? Sight walks, I think mental as well, like it brings the mental aspect. <laughs> so disinterested. I, I don't know how to naturally hold my face. <laughs> You like resting bitch face, resting ignorant face. <laughs> ignorant face. He's like going like. If you're listening to this on iTunes and want to see the faces, this episode will be on YouTube as well. Remember to we have check a, it out on another there. guest as well that we haven't mentioned yet. Is it the cat? We do. It is the cat. Doing the golden cat. Single arm Cuban press. For loads of reps. For so time, really. For time, but that is literally for time. For time. Really sore. For the rest of cuff. time. Just giving a full He's rotating now, isn't he? Full perspective. For rotating cover. cuff. Ro- a rotating cuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what the cat has. So you can see, <clears throat> given that it's the only bit that it can move, why it's so important that it gets loads of volume in. So the, <laughs> <laughs> the reason why we wanted to talk about CrossFit is because... CrossFit about Chris Fitt is because um, this is a perspective of somebody who used to be Mr. Chest Press and has now dived into CrossFit and actually is loving it and we want to see what all the fuss is about so there's a, there's a question straight from the horse's mouth <laughs> emphasis on horse <laughs> um, do you enjoy your training now more or less than before uh, more do you feel like the gyms new to you again? That kind of, has it got that kind of same kind of fresh feeling? Yeah. Right? yeah. So the first time you went in and followed your first body part split, mm. nailed your chest on Monday. Along with chest everyone, on Tuesday. Along with everyone chest else. Chest on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> doing chest on Monday was always a bit harder because that's what everybody was doing on Monday, but then everyone else moved on yeah. to other body parts and you were just stayed at chest. chest all the way. Yeah. So you enjoy, you think it's got, there's so much variety that it's keeping you interested and yeah. Okay. I think that it was interesting the something is missing uh, blog post that you did how long ago? Three years? Two or three years ago. Two or three years ago. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, you wrote about having trained for a while um, and feeling a little bit stagnant with regards to training extended to other areas of your life as well. Mm. But that going and doing something like powerlifting 
the level of competition, the level of progression, the fact that you can rate yourself against yourself, um, and and that there's a definite level of attraction with regards to that. I think CrossFit gets a really like such a bad name, like such a like caricatured, horrible name mm. that it's a little bit like when we said we talked about yoga previously, and we said if it was called something else, like power mindful bastard. stretching or power bastard, it wasn't power it was Viper Force. It was Viper Force. Viper Force. Viper Force and Power Bastard. The two, <laughs> the two options. We, we, we came up with Power Bastard off air, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so now everybody who's just listening will think that you were calling one of us a Power Bastard, which is fine. Which is power fine. Bastard. Power Bastard. You Power Bastard. <laughs> but bastard. Yeah. CrossFit's, CrossFit's managed to make CrossFit very sexy in itself isn't it like it doesn't need like the branding is amazing mm. far better than the branding for chess press <laughs> or if chess branding. press became a training franchise it would like there's no crack. there's no equivalent for just following like an upper lower split or like push pull legs is there like you don't see people on YouTube doing like push pull legs in a really dynamic way wearing loads of really cool clothes yeah with nicely coloured plates yeah so they have that going for it and I think that probably sucks people in mm. I think the bad rep comes from people who can't have never snatched before in their life who are then made to snatch everything I think that I think, 70% of their max. I, th- I think that that is that far and away the the biggest criticism that you have technical movements under load under fatigue mm. for high reps at high weight for, like for time for time yeah competitively yeah like it's just a it's a recipe <clears throat> for disaster but I have limited sympathy with anyone who gets injured doing CrossFit that is coming into it with even a mediocre level of a training background because I've gone in, I have an absolutely awful level of shoulder mobility. Like it's, it's horrible. I knew that anything overhead that wasn't a press was going to be really, really hard for me. Overhead squats, overhead lunges and snatches. I knew it was going to hurt. So yesterday, one of the workouts was um, squat snatch and power snatch every minute. Then the workout was... 21 reps as part of a three round routine of snatches again and I didn't mind I didn't this is this is one of the guys in the gym who's in the mixer in terms of times for most of the workouts Mm. but I did yesterday with an empty bar because I know that it hurts my shoulder and I know that I need to account for that um because they have like a a scale don't they if you can't do this then you can do this instead you can always do that Mm. that's like I don't know that's like going into a gym and saying oh well today my fucking my quad's like absolutely on fire I know that my coach said that I need to go and squat 102% max because today's the peak of my strength routine mm. but it's probably, not a, probably not a fucking good idea so you have to use some common sense I suppose anything can be coached badly or performed badly and if your mm. ego gets in the way particularly with things like powerlifting and you, you try and go for a, a max on a day where you're feeling grim or um, you you just break your technique to try and squeeze out a few extra kilos then you're going to be the, the problem the problem is the, the problem is that you were given an environment where it's encouraged to work harder yeah. and that when you've got technical movement a lot more can go wrong um, and a lot of the time people don't build up the foundations in in poor gyms but you know every single session that I've done so far from the guys who are the absolute beginners to the guys that are intermediate to the guys that are very well developed the coaches are always saying, does anyone need a scale? Does anyone not understand the movement? Has anyone got any injuries? They're, the guys that are doing it right with regards to CrossFit uh, have been sown so so at the such a bad seed from the 
do CrossFit twice and get rhabdomyolysis. Like, <laughs> like from from that like cliche mm. that bad coaches have given. He's done a weekend in Carson, California, and now has a level one, and now is teaching people to snap the rotator cuff in half. Mm. Like, because of that, it's almost like they have they have to compensate now, and they have to be overly protective, which is good because it does mean that when you get people in who maybe don't know the movements so well, that they they're not ever tempted to push too hard. Mm. Well, this is necessary if the franchise is to grow. So, I, so I've I've seen the the opposite case where exactly as you described. Um, one of my old lecturers turned up one day on crutches on her first CrossFit session. She was made to do deficit box jumps and deadlift supersets with 40 kilos, having never lifted before. And she blew out her meniscus. Um, and so she had... So, but obviously that's, that's bad coaching. They've taken someone who's untrained and made them do two quite, quite technically demanding movements. On the flip side of that, she could have said, like, by the way... I've never done either that's, of these before. That's why I said I've got limited sympathy for people who have a medium level of lifting yeah. experience. For a complete novice, you don't know you don't know what a deadlift is. Just trust the coach. You also exactly. don't know that that's a, a stressful, difficult Absolutely. combination. So I think that if you've got if you've got enough enough knowledge that you've spent a little bit of time in a gym and you spend a bit of time researching, you know what movements are good for you, and what movements are bad for you, mm. and then you go in and you push yourself too hard and you get injured. If you carry on. So, <laughs> Should we tell loads of stories about him now he's gone? <laughs> How about the story that mid podcast he just gets up and leaves? That's him gone now. I could lock him out. He's gone home. I could lock him out and then we could say whatever we wanted, edit it and upload it before he. That would be the sort of thing that really pushed his buttons. <laughs> like if he tried to get back in the room because he's left his laptop unlocked. Mm. Yeah, so Resume. What were we saying? What were we saying? Nice. Technical lifts, under load, under fatigue. Yeah, bad. Got it. So, yesterday, <clears throat> I posted something about Joe Wicks. Yes. Saying, do you see it? Yes. Yeah, so. That was funny. Someone made a great point on that. That, like, is Joe Wicks any worse than these like someone who's been who's like downloaded my fitness pal and suddenly they're a, a, an online coach and they're giving someone like high frequency squatting and DUP and like macros to lose weight that's arguably just as bad as a bad CrossFit coach or a powerlifting, a powerlifting coach who's giving someone far more than they ever need to progress like yeah they might not be in the gym with them but they're still giving it online mm. someone who's giving someone like macros or calories that are really low in the bodybuilding world. Well, how, many, really how, many, how many times have we heard stories about someone who's driven clients into the ground in pre-show prep? Yeah. Like you're on 800 calories a day from mm-hmm. like 1,000 calories a day. And like 20 hours of cardio. Speaking to a client last night that had exactly <clears throat> that problem, ended up leaving the coach eventually. Yeah. So everywhere, Good coaches and bad coaches exist everywhere. And I think that it's your job and your it's not only your job as someone who wants to train but it's in terms of sort of respect to your own body and your own health it is your job to do a little bit of research on that before you go away and you book a holiday you look at the hotel reviews do you know what yeah. I mean like you, I thought you were going to say like before you go away and book a holiday, and book a holiday like find yourself a good coach so that you can get shredded <laughs> I thought that's where that was going <laughs> well, because it just felt like an odd way to go but no, no. obviously that wasn't what you were saying so I'm sorry for laughing so Chris what what is it about CrossFit that has Drew you. taken your heart. So why did why did you do CrossFit instead of powerlifting, for example? Why did you try it and why have you stayed doing it? Um, it be separate things. I've sort of dabbled in and out of stuff like that for a while. 
Um, and one of the main things actually is being around a community of people, I think, that are also have got sort of congruent interests and goals and stuff like that. The gym inherently, even if you've got a training partner, is a pretty lonely place to be, I think, at the best of times. Like you have a chat with someone, but they're over the far side and they do whatever. Like it's, it's not the same sort of... It's quite an introverted activity, I find. Mm, very much so. And especially if you're, going, if you're going and doing it for aesthetics, that by its very nature is also introverted. Mm. So you're reflecting on yourself in one of the 45 mirrors that, that line the walls. <laughs> Such a good point. Like you're going in, headphones in, to go and like... Look at yourself. Steep in your own neuroses. And specific, you're specifically there to improve only your appearance. That's it. And all slowly. you're doing is looking at yourself the entire time. Yes. Which, when you wow. look at it objectively, is a very bizarre <laughs> way to, to... Time to pack up <laughs> <laughs> You want to get in touch with company's house, I'll ring the bank and yeah. find Yeah, walk on. <laughs> um, so, I think, yeah, I was, a bit, I was a bit bored. I was bored of training. I've been bored of training for a while, and I haven't stuck at it, and I haven't enjoyed it. So, I thought, brand new gym, the facility up here that's just opened up is fantastic. So, I was like, any excuse to go and, to go and do something new. It's a good buddy that owns it. Um, went in... Had a bit of a mess around, enjoyed it, found that I wasn't completely shit, which is kind of nice. You get to start at kind of a middle level. I think that's the most important thing. Finally, you're not completely shit. Yeah. Or thinking that you have the potential to actually be quite good or like semi-decent. I realise obviously CrossFit, like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. CrossFit games, which the standard's insane, but... If there's, you local be, levels, there's local levels as well. Yeah, there's so local, there's local scaled levels of competition. So if you start CrossFit and you're looking around and you're like, hmm, I might have a shot at being semi-decent at this, I think that is the biggest motivator you could ever need. But even with that, that, it's, that would be competition, you versus someone else, mm. rather than you versus yourself. I think one of the main things for me that feeds back weird into this whole sort of neuroses introverted style of training is that that's so subjective. Like, you could wake up and be 2% leaner in a couple of weeks' time, but if you are having a bad day, you'll be 2% fatter in the mirror because there's nothing discreet or quantitative about what you're doing. If you knock two minutes off your time in a workout or add 10 kilos to your front squat, you know that you've done it. It's the same level of analysis that you get in powerlifting. It's just across a broader range of movements Mm. with different different parameters of what you gauge as success. Mm. You would never say... Well, you might do, but I'm going to guess that you won't often say in a powerlifting competition, you managed to complete your front squat three seconds quicker than you did last time. You know what I mean? Like time and weight are really the only two things that you've got to play yeah, around with. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, like CrossFit have given a like a scored structure to loads of stuff, haven't they? Mm. So all these like EMOMs and AMRAPs and acronyms are just intended as a way of making it a game. It's, making a, fr- it, it's a framework for... Well, you did... You last week did an every minute on the minute. I did, yeah. Workout as part of your powerlifting. Yeah, split. It's a like the coach I'm working with at the minute is having me time all my rest periods, which is completely new to me. Mm -hmm. And one of them was it's always like light stuff, what you would normally call like speed work. Mm -hmm. So like sixty, seventy percent sets of three with a minute's rest, Mm -hmm. which is near enough, like every minute on the minute. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really hard. Like there's no two ways about it. It's so really, really difficult. And it, no, go ahead. No, no, no. I forgot, I've now forgotten. <laughs> God. Yeah. That's how fickle my, my mind. That mindfulness oh, no. training. Yeah. 
it's because I'm so present that that's gone. Yeah, that's in the past now. True. I like You're just focus. rolling on the edge of now, <laughs> and then anything that knocks off that becomes the new now. Yeah. It's, it's, that's beautiful. Um, so it's the community aspect, the sense of I could be good at this, and that everybody is focused on the same goal. I think there's a certain type of person as well that would find that if they start something and they're absolutely dumb at it, mm. that they'd be like, right, I'm going to nail this. But I think. Um, it's quite rare. It's a bit rare, yeah. Some like that person's probably ha- has that feeling because they're really good at everything else that they do. Possibly, or or they're just vindictive. Like my my brother, quite a vindictive man. If you're listening, bro, um, I'm sure you look. You're really, vindictive. Yeah. <laughs> was told when he, but it came to his advantage when he was uh, 16. He was told by his teacher, "You're shit at maths. You're always going to fail at it. You're terrible." Right. So he was like, right, I'm going to do A-level, I'm going to nail it. And he got a B, which that's solid. he was yeah, really yeah. Very happy with. So, But the, that that's two years of work, all coming from like a... It's a long middle, long time to raise a middle finger to a teacher, isn't it? And then the teacher's just secretly like, well, that's what I wanted all along. Yeah, that was the whole point. Yeah, exactly. Fucking can't win, can I? I imagine if you'd found that out the day before the exam, you'd failed it on purpose. you just turned up. yeah. But yeah, I think uh, like it it allows people who whose experience of fitness previously was maybe a treadmill and like a couple of like body balance classes or on the other end of the spectrum, like as you're saying, this like endless, mindless pursuit of aesthetics for no real reason or no real end sight, uh, ending goal. No real end in sight. Yeah. To suddenly have like a structure a bit of experience with programming, a bit of experience with like building up to something, mm-hmm. having timed goals and timed. But even when you look at even, even if you even if you look at someone who has got goals in the, within the physique world, someone who's competing, go, going for a competition. We've been saying this for ages, and personally for me, one of the things that I've been focusing on is trying to get consistency mm-hmm. and trying to have a consistent balance in my life, which is really really hard. If you work in law, if you club fucking club promoting, just throw constantly throws spanners in the works. Mm-hmm. Me late nights and early mornings and stuff like that, being tempted out with parties, so on and so forth. And the it's like the world of bodybuilding and fitness modeling is inherently undulating with peaks and troughs of deficit and surplus, of heavyweight and lightweight. Like it literally is built to not be consistent. I suppose you've experienced this at the extreme end as well of being in limelight photo shoots, having to be lean for certain things and mm-hmm. constantly. Um, and what happens off the other side of it? You flip flop out and you do that. Like if, if you've got a controlled structure to your diet, I'm going away on holiday in four months. I need to put myself into a nice slow deficit to bring myself down. And then when I come back out, oh wow, now I've got a coach who's going to give me more programming. Let's spend a little bit of time doing strength work and this, that, and the other. But for a lot of the guys who do, who do it competitively, it's not like you see, you, they, they post on Instagram about how many thousand calories they had after their competition because that's how much they deprived themselves in the build-up to mm. it. That isn't a consistent way of living. It's a very hard way of living. Incredibly difficult. Does anyone enjoy 12 weeks of competition prep? No. If you ask a CrossFitter if they enjoy the period from the start of the year until the Open, which is the end of February, That'll be one of their best periods of training mm. of the entire it's, year. It's exciting. Yeah. Mm. They get to eat what they want. They get to train as much as they want, doing a sport that they enjoy, mm. presuming that they manage to stay injury-free. That'll be one of the best periods of training they've got. It's, I mean, there's the same thing in the powerlifting world, but I think that the sort of people typically that do powerlifting, like just from the tiny cross-section that I've seen from being in this gym for, what, a month, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who have 
like an inherent interest I think because CrossFit does this they're interested in like nutrition and recovery and there's like a physio in the gym and there's there's a lot of conversations about moving more efficiently mm-hmm. I think the powerlifting world has a lot more people who are just there because it's like I want to see how strong I am mm-hmm. and then maybe like three or four weight classes over what they should be mm-hmm. um, and they just come in and just try their best mm-hmm. and so I think there is an aspect of CrossFit that's giving someone like assuming that they're a bit lost they don't know what to do they can come in and sort of get a conversation about the whole package mm-hmm. of what it might mean to be healthy mm-hmm. versus extremes that exist in bodybuilding or physique or powerlifting or, mm-hmm. or I, I, don't know, I don't know much about the weightlifting world but mm-hmm. so you, you can be in weightlifting on, so you're essentially well I think similar to powerlifting but generally the trend with weightlifters is that they're, they're a lot more athletic that's it, true you, you see them they've got massive jump heights and they usually tend to be quite lean and quite um, it's a very skilled mobile as well. mm. yeah mobile skilled movement but yeah the, the thing I love about CrossFit is the work ethic that it generates whereas I think powerlifting can often be a kind of this is a bit of a mean thing to say but it's like a fallback excuse for some fat guys to try and justify <laughs> what are you trying to say the <laughs> <laughs> um, he to, says with kind of beady eyes looking at me it's a fallback to some guys to, to justify their small jumpers and, <laughs> and long legs and uh, yeah so says to, a man who stretches in a bodybuilding gym <laughs> you were you were doing handstands on yeah. lifting platforms last week. So just as a um, as a little segue, <laughs> caveat. Um, I'm I'm currently training in the the Newcastle's mecca of bodybuilding, like the hub. Everyone who's a yeah, bodybuilder, it, it's hilarious. Like there's sharp spins in all of the toilets, like the big industrial size ones, because everyone who trains there is diabetic. So, um, and, and like, it, so, so I'm I'm in there like doing doing splits and handstands and things and the, these guys joke that it's like um, Ronnie Coleman going to do like a bums and tums class or something. like it's a bit out of place but it's down the road it, so is, it, is, it is 30 seconds from your house and I still cycle because I'm that lazy <laughs> you're that well I know it's because you're that tight on time well yeah it's that from the moment so you the wake mornings. up every single second uh, counts yeah. <laughs> Cycling while like eating cereal off your handlebars, <laughs> <laughs> controlling the bike with your ankle, doing a client video response <laughs> on my phone with the other hand. Then you rush there, you're like, oh, I'm gonna do the splits now in a bodybuilding gym. <laughs> Glad I'm here. Almost there with splits. I saw so videos. Yeah, I'm looking forward Pancaking. to Pancaking. Pancake is fun as well. What is what is the when when you say that you've got the splits? I think when you can get gooch on floor. Gooch on floor. Gooch yeah. on floor. Because yeah. if you didn't have pants, you could, like, if you stretched it, you could probably get dick on floor. <laughs> or balls on floor. One of, could you get balls on floor? You. Depends how hot it is, doesn't it? Yeah, well, if it's cold. It's quite cold upstairs in that room. So, have you heard of oversplits? Yes. Where the, yeah. Well, yeah, so you're in splits and then you touch your nose to your front knee. And oh, oh, no, that's no, no, horrendous. No, no. Like, your hamstrings just have to be about 10 metres long, so. There's, I've seen. <laughs> you'd be fine. Why actually, are you not doing I'm this? really inflexible. You've seen me in I'm yoga. I'm surprised you've got a long way to go for everything. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm in yoga. I can usually see. I think you're being harsh on yourself. I think you're quite flexible, especially for a man of your shape. You're pretty flexible. 
And like especially for someone who's a, a man <laughs> who's especially for someone who's five sixth leg. Well, because you're basically in the splits when you set up for a sumo deadlift. When I sit down, that, that's why you get so much hate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe I try that with hundred thirty kilos. It was right heavy. Fair play, mate. Fair play. Um, in uh, in yoga, well, Yusuf and I've been going to yoga. Chris says he goes to make us go, and then he's been who? What Chris does? Who is wasn't he says, there on Thursday? Out of the three of us. Ah. Uh. There we go. <laughs> How many Thursdays have I missed since we started? That Thursday. How many Thursdays have you missed since we started? It depends on when you say that we started. <laughs> Start of the year? Well. Weaseling out. We- the question. <laughs> Yusuf and I Typical started. Typical <laughs> and I started about five weeks ago. You must have started, what, four nights? I don't know about you two. I've been doing this for, <laughs> for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, forever. Um, but yeah, what, what Chris has been doing is like, oh yeah, hey guys, I'm going to yoga. Do you fancy it? Last minute, oh, I'm not going to attend. So me and Johnny that end happened up... happened once. <laughs> once. So we end up turning up for yoga thinking, has Chris even been to yoga? Or is this just him setting us up on some kind of date? With the teacher. With the teacher. With the who male teacher. we will get on the podcast soon because he is a fascinating Shout guy. out, Robin. Shout mm. out, Robin. Shout Robin. out. He's been listening to the podcast. Is he? Mm. I like Robin. We're going to do the podcast with that in the centre of the room in the yoga studio surrounding it. Is he going to try and make us cry? I really hope so. Uh, Johnny, well, you, you like hope I, he's going to try or you hope he is going <laughs> he to? He successfully does. On, on, I think on the podcast, if we can cry, it would. I think people would like that. Would, would you Would you like that, people? <laughs> I think you'd like it. So, They'll either like it or the number of people that we're speaking to now won't care, won't comment, and we'll do it anyway, and everyone will think it's really weird. Yeah. Fine. That's kind, of really weird. Weird. that's kind of really the decision for everything that happens on this podcast. <laughs> though, isn't it? Either people won't care or they'll think it's weird. Those are the only two. That's options. true. Case in point. Yeah. I think we've done most things except cry on the podcast, so it would be a nice new frontier mm. to bring. Mm-hmm. We've, we've done some, like some odd things. I think last we haven't done he who poos is loses yet. I'm still keen. To yeah, do that. that's a dangerous game, but we can we can do it. What happens with this game? He who poos is loses. Well, you you poo, bu- you bulletproof poo. bulletproof copy. Right. Start, start bulletproof the, copy sales copy. Coffee. <laughs> I actually need a coffee and neither of you two wanted one so it made me feel bad about having one and now I'm running out of energy make yourself a coffee uh, no it's too close for camera just <laughs> when you'll be sorted um, so back to the gym yeah back to CrossFit Wim Hof breathing is meant to be have the equi- equivalent effect of caffeine is it feels like the sort of thing you'd have tried we discussed it's yesterday. weird that you brought that you up you did it yesterday yeah it's weird that you brought that up then because I brought this up to you when we uh. went to yoga <laughs> and you cancelled and I brought it up because I'd recently watched Joe Rogan's podcast the first one that he'd done <coughs> and then the Vice documentary about him as well uh, after a friend who's a triathlete just as an intro this is a guy called Wim Hof W-I-M-H-O-F Dutch man known as the Iceman um, developed a hyperventilation technique that makes him um, impervious to cold so he can just jump into ice baths and he's had all his different um, obs done and he's just able to stabilise himself under Hobbs. obs observations and um, like physiological is that measures. a medical term? I think so. <laughs> so um, you're so doctor tests. <laughs> he's had some tests. He's had. He's had. Well, it's it's well, okay, well, he hasn't had a test and he hasn't like a chest X-ray. He's had like they just like went. Oh, you're still there. Still there. Oh, he's still there. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he hasn't got a temperature. 
Um, so he's really good at sitting in the cold, and he to get up, better he, at sitting in the cold, he, he breathes. He, did he not exactly. do? Right. He did Everest. Did he do Everest barefoot in shorts? Yep. I think Tom the whole was. thing. Yes. So just in shorts. Just no, in shorts no and bare feet to the top of Everest. Yes, I think it's either Everest or Kilimanjaro, one of the two. Possibly. Yeah. And he then he then also took a group of his trainees because basically the criticism was right. Well, this could be just you and your genetics, genetic freak. But then he took a group of thirteen people, I think, varying ages, varying levels of health. Like some of them had like all manner of different health problems. Did a period of time of training with them, and they did it as well in shorts, bare feet. It's a very simple mountain. So oh. yeah, it, it's a teachable skill. It's a very simple technique that you Let's can go. do. So you you breathe in. Don't do it. We're going to be sat here for two and a half minutes, three times. Yeah, oh, it, right, it'll okay. take a while. But I'll, in I'll, silence, I'll speed it up. I'll teach you guys how to. <laughs> Is it, does it involve us? Sort of. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain. Speed so like a dog anyone that's listening can do it as well. You take thirty deep breaths. So you you breathe to the top of your lungs, and then just like relax everything. So you it comes out your mouth. Um, do that 30 times fast and then at the end of the 30 that breaths fast. you should he does it through his mouth like that you should be able to feel some tingling at the end of the 30 breaths then that's you... going to be really annoying it will be quite loud so you, you then exhale at the end of that fully hold it out for as long as you can you should be able to hold it out for a minute maybe two minutes eventually and then repeat no, oh, one then, breath then in for ten hold your breath in hold that as long as you can and then if you repeat that three times and then get into a cold shower, there is a there's an effect on your pain receptors that blunts the sensation of cold. So you can then jump in a cold shower and not feel the cold. It feels pretty pointless, to be honest. Like, is the goal to just get better at being cold? Just to feel good. But he says that so there are downstream effects of exposure to cold water, like immune boosting yeah. and things that okay. you'd probably only be able to sustain that level of cold exposure if you were So you have to get to the pain. really cold. Like your average shower won't work, I imagine. You could do it in a shower. No, cold, like normal cold water would do. He's right. got like a progressive overload thing for sure, but it's literally cold. like get in the cold shower for 30 seconds, <clears throat> get in it for... 45. Right. Yeah. Do it just at your like legs. Do it to your legs and your body. Do it the right. legs of your body and your head. Hand. Hand. Toe. Do you think... Toe? <laughs> finger, finger. It's probably the length of your toes. Um, but yeah, the Wim Hof stuff's pretty interesting. What? Where were you going with that? You said no. I brought it up. He brought it up because he's talking about caffeine, and I said, oh, I heard the other uh, day that Wim Hof stuff." Yeah. So it's no. fortunate that you. I thought it was going to go like, "Oh yeah, I heard that." So fitness. Oh, I see. But, but it said. It so you did it yesterday. Did it yesterday. Was it nice? Yeah, got the tingling. Um, you get some kind of visual distortion as well, but I don't know whether that's fine visual distortion. Just like little sparks, and you know, if you like stand up too quickly and you get some. Not like Winnie the Pooh coming in, sitting talking to no, you. No, you're not like hallucinating. Nothing. No, no, no right. nothing crazy. Okay, but if you watch the Vice documentary on when he does it with people who are laid in a room, like they start like some of the people start screaming, some of the people start crying, like it. Right. It seems to elicit some pretty extreme effects. So we, we have a podcast on the effects of hypocapnia, so hyperventilation on the psyche and on the, the barrier between the conscious and the unconscious mind and how like these yeah. latent emotions can Did come up and be processed. I laughed a lot. 
Right. Uh, I was doing it for three hours though, so it was quite. <laughs> what a, the fuck? You what? You hyperventilated for three hours? Yeah, it was a. They they played. This is why he's he's gold on the podcast. Is <laughs> did you know this? Uh, I know that you went to this event. Yeah. What was this? So I went to the Isle of Man to see a man called Stan Groff, who is a psychiatrist. Did you find a plane. Fly a little plane. Yeah, a tiny plane. <laughs> you know, one of those like capacity of eight, like rickety. You, you and the plane. pilot, basically. Single engine Cessna or something. Yeah. Like Stunk of petrol as well, which is a bit scary. So. Went to see him, psychiatrist, and he had people lie down on the floor, played some, like, paced music to keep the pace of the breathing, and they all hyperventilated for three hours. Most of them were healthcare, like, mental healthcare professionals. <coughs> mental health care, not mental healthcare professionals. <laughs> and they... Some of them were going through what they claimed were, like... Oh, dear. <laughs> Set them off again. The paediatrician that's lost his mind. <laughs> Some mental health. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> They're all really fit. You're like, God, everybody is absolutely mental. Yeah. Right, no, sorry, go on. Go on. So, hyperventilating. Hyperventilating. Yeah, so people were claiming that they went through like rebirth experiences. There There's a guy like absolutely thrashing around and kicking and screaming. Sounds a little bit like Elliot Holstice. Is that what you were laughing at? No, I, I just like. Just started laughing after it. Like you get the tetany as well. All of your heart, all of your limbs start like cramping up. And um, someone said that they went through the birth canal. One person said they became a flower. Um, people. One guy became like an old Viking warrior or something. It's awesome. It's some quite like intense. Three states. hours. And it, is it similar to power breath? Similar to the Wim Hof approach. Power breaths. Yeah. They just said, just breathe fast and hard for as long as you can. And you did it for three hours. It's tiring. <laughs> Mate, I haven't done three hours. I haven't done anything for three hours, <laughs> I think ever. I'd struggle for two or three minutes. Yeah, well, you... you who, your part- the, who was the longest? Was it a competition? No, did no, you do no. CrossFit? <laughs> you partnered up, so... To breathe every minute on the minute. Yeah. Before... By what? So, so um, I was, I was partnered what? with a German woman who held my hand while I breathed for three hours. And then did you have to... Heat the hand? I, had, I had to hold how long? How long did she do it for? Three hours as well. <laughs> so, you spent six hours of your life either breathing or holding someone's hand who's breathing. You know when you're sat in a room in the Isle of Man holding a German lady's hand for three hours while you both deliberately hyperventilate for three hours, does that... Do you have a thought of like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> or does, is, does the whole experience feel really normal? That's a good question. I think... <laughs> Fuck me. I think most of my life is spent like, what am I doing? <laughs> so it's just just another day. Just another day. What I think would be really interesting is is for you just put in a little cat in a hat. Cat in a hat. Cat near a hat. By the way, if you're interested in more on that process, check out the podcast called Stan Groff and Holotropic Breathing. There's a full debrief about the weekend. Holotropic and brackets hyperventilating with a German woman, yeah, for three hours. Yeah, I think you're a little bit sort of initiated with this stuff. Like you go there knowing what to expect. Like you probably read a lot about there it. There was a lot of a big lecture day beforehand where went over the context. Okay. Yeah. But you, even prior to that, like you, like Stangroff probably isn't something someone that most people have heard of. Mm. So you you went there because you followed his work, you find it interesting, you already have an interest in it. So yeah, read his papers. Yeah, his lectures, you kind of know what to expect. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see us, co- us coming with you. <laughs> Would you hold my hand for three hours? Yeah, we can would do. You? Well, would you not hold my hand? I'd hold yours. 
You don't have to go to the Isle of Man. You could do, well. Okay, so the the standard advice is don't try this at home. It could be dangerous. And you're saying you can cause yourself, on the podcast, you can give yourself drop. a cardiac arrhythmia. However, <laughs> if if you were if to you do have, it, if if you have a use of to hand, if, yeah, literally, well. <laughs> a doctor. Yeah, I, if, I am a doctor. If you have bastard, a Yusuf or equivalent, <laughs> or a bastard, <laughs> then you can try it at home. What's cardiac arrhythmia? You can hard doing bad things. Yeah, you, fucked it. You can do proper yeah. fucked it. Is that like beyond the point of return? Potentially fatal. Probably defos don't do that. Mm. So was there like paramedics there when you were doing it? No. Right. So what? So was what? <laughs> well, he he was a he's a psychiatrist. So admittedly not a. Trained oh. medical professional. So well, like he's, he's if, a trained, yeah, trained medical professional. If five not within, if five yeah. people had cardi- cardiac arrhythmia, an eighty-five-year-old psychiatrist probably isn't is not going to resuscitate five people. <laughs> well, at the but very that, most, mm. even if he was incredibly skilled, he would be able to perform one hand, one hand, one foot, one foot, jumps, <laughs> press ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. time. Yeah, for a long, maybe a long time, three hours. But no one had any of those issues. I don't think he's seen anyone that's had that. And he's he's had quite a few thousand people go through the process, but legally, obviously, you've got to say you've got to say that. <clears throat> so, is it something you'd recommend? You, maybe you'll get more out of it than I did. I didn't have a um, cataclysmic experience. It was just quite. Do you know what you were laughing at? No. <laughs> <laughs> that that not knowing what you're laughing at could probably describe us a lot of the time. Though. Yeah, I think a lot of the time I have a vague idea. No, like you're you're definitely in an altered state. So like you, the laughter just comes as involuntary, and so does the like cramping up and that. Yeah, you you. So you're lying on the floor laughing like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you hold some? If you do that as well. Like well, no, she's not doing it at the same time. Oh, she just sat there. She's just sat. Yeah, there. so it was two three-hour yeah. periods where she sat and held his hand. Oh my! Right. Okay. I thought you were both like. Oh, that, what, no, like that's this? She, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> but it'll progress from to. Until <laughs> <laughs> <Interview> you just. <laughs> and she didn't mind. Three hours. Did you mind? When I had to do it, mm. it was a bit boring. What did you think like, about for three hours? Just that, probably the, yeah, probably sitting for three hours while everyone else is doing it is more of a like. <laughs> what am I doing here moment than when you're actually doing it because when you're doing it you're focused on the breathing on doing it could you not have just snuck it in again done another three hours Sn- snuck in another one <laughs> while she was doing her three yeah. hours she would have never known she might have done she was a, she was a viking with a battle axe if he'd started yeah. thrashing around or if it came a viking with a battle axe then again. true I don't know how we got on we, Wim Hof Wim Hof Stan Graf, yeah, it's yeah. interesting caffeine I, I've never asked you in detail about it. So. Oh, okay. Well, so there we yeah. go. Now we know. Or else it's not relevant to what we're talking the, about. The process and the experiences and what, what you said Wim Hof, Wim Hof people experience too, obviously it's a replicable thing that you can do and there is a, there's a grounding in physiology behind it and there's a, there's a big context in modern psychiatry about it as well. So it's... Um, is it for like bringing up repressed stuff in the past? Or? Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. So it has, a, it has a purpose. It's not just loads of people in a room like trying to become flowers. And yeah, so the, the idea, the Stan Groff's idea is that it has psychotherapeutic potential right. beyond what, say, sedatives, tranquilizers, antidepressants would do because they would push these unconscious um, 
structures further into the unconscious to keep someone functional but not deal with the underlying issue. Okay. So it's a bit of an art there thing as even as far as other psychiatrists go there. Right, so I see. He's not like mainstream guy. So we're going to the first thing we'll try and do is crying at yoga. So I reckon thanks I reckon, to Robin. Robin yeah. I reckon that Robin will be able to make I think I think me and you will cry and I don't think the is going to cry. I want to cry. So place, <laughs> place no. your bets. Uh, honestly, would so be you, interesting. You said you got nothing out of the flotation tank. Yeah. I we wonder whether you just bulletproofed yourself against. I, I cry a lot while meditating. So mm. um, I think, think this morning a bit. But then yeah. we don't go as deep down the rabbit hole. This no. Every like, every thirty seconds, I have Andy reminding me that <laughs> to, to remember about your breath. Yeah. Bloody Andy. Yeah, yeah I couldn't. So deal you with just that. sit for thirty minutes, don't you? I'd, I'd find guided ones more I, I think I've got to the point now with this is to, you know today is the first day from the entire year so this is day 23 of a streak or whatever it is where I haven't meditated in the morning and it's plaguing my mind that I've got like what fucking seven hours and I need to get it in so because I didn't have time on the morning I know I will do it I know I will and I know that I'll get back to getting it on the morning but having been best part of a month now so congratulations on the 23 day streak because last episode with you mm-hmm. you said you wanted to get a 14 day streak 15. and then 15 and then you can give gift a month of headspace to your mum and you hadn't been able to do that over no. the year uh, now. however I'm also I'm still unable to do it uh, because my mum has managed to forget her iCloud login so I can't download <laughs> headspace oh, <laughs> that's mom. such a mum thing to do uh, as well forgetting the iCloud mom. login yeah really bad um, but yeah, so someone out there, you can have 15 days of headspace. Uh, but yeah, so I so have to do the initial 10. I'm not sure. I don't Key card. Oh, no, no, sorry. You get a month, you get a month of the free earned from 15 days. On Chris's consistency. Yes. Um, but because I've done it, uh, I've got to the stage now where I've moved through quite a few of the packs and so on and so forth. It's got to the point now where the guided meditation is starting to do my head in a little bit. And I don't think that I need... To, I don't think that I need that that guidance anymore, and it it almost sort of brings me out of of the interrupts the flow yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that's why they say when you set up to sit in meditation, get yourself set, and then make sure that you're not going to be moving position because as soon as you start, then you're like, oh well, I'm uncomfortable in this position now, and then this one. Whereas you should really just be like, okay, in. plonked here, in, mm. deal with anything that comes up of the discomfort as more grist for the mill rather than trying to keep adjusting yourself and I'm, I'm bad for readjusting myself mm-hmm. especially after like doing the amount of squats I've done today oh. <laughs> not surprised you get pins and needles and stuff. no no just lower back like my lower back will be sore my hips will be sore mm-hmm. I'm sat there and I'm trying to you know maybe like, sit with a back rest focus on the pain yeah, like, like, it really hurts <laughs> yeah I'll not forget the pain like if I'm forgetting more, the pain not an option then well, they talk about like breathing into it, and similar to what they talk about in yoga. There's only so much pain you can tolerate, yeah. yeah. Especially when you're doing it for like 20 minutes as well. If you sit down and you're like, "This hurts," now. Do you? So, where do you? Are you sat on a seat or are you sat on the floor? Usually the floor. Really? Yeah. I when we start yoga and they say, "Get yourself into a comfortable cross-legged position," mm. Robin. Um, when <laughs> when Robin says that. There is no comfortable cross-legged position for me really? from cold. From cold, there is not. So when he told us to do that and then said, some of you may find this difficult, I'm like... <laughs> like, it's sitting cross-legged, it's like, kids do this? But yeah. you, you, you find that hard. Oh, yeah. Painful. Outside, outside, of, outside, the outside of the hips. Outside of the hips, just 
in agony. So it's external rotation. Yeah, really bad. But then by so the Robin end of the class, claims that you hold some emotion in your hips. That yeah, that so that's, what make, that's what's going to make you cry. Seriously, he my said, hips. He said. He said. He said. He, he talked me through it because I was like, okay, mate. Like you reckon you can make me cry? I'm up for this. Yeah. Let's do it. Set set a date. I think he thought I was challenging him. That. Like I'll well, resist. Let's, let's not let's not let's not get him in there with a fucking vendetta. No, no. Like I, I just want him. I, was saying I want like, him to make. I want him to be my friend and make me cry. I don't want him to make me cry and then take photos and put it on Snapchat. Mm. <laughs> like, or worse, like like revenge sites or Facebook you know. ad. Five hundred dollars. <laughs> Boost the post. Target. Oh. Ten grand. Like if you've got a photo of Chris crying, like go to town. Yeah. Tag yeah. tag him and uh, tag all his companies. Everything he's ever done. Fantastic. But um. Yeah, so I said to him, like, I'm keen to... Because it just, it seems like such a, an impossible thing to me for, like, a, a yoga position or a yoga sequence to create tears. That emotion. So I'm, like, all up for it. Let's do it. And he said, he was explaining that a lot of people hold... Is it emotional? It's like fear in a certain place. And uh, anger in the lower back, apparently. Shame in the hips. This sounds, this sounds a Seems little... Bit, angry, then. This sounds a little bit like um, biosignature. Yeah, so, like <laughs> so when he was talking about it, I was a little bit like, okay. Remember when you got a bicycle done? I've had loads of bicycles just done. Mm-hmm. You can't knock something until you've tried it. Mm-hmm. But I realised you brought that up as a way of making me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, mate. It's all right. <laughs> you flinched there when I touched you. Touched me a lot today. Um, <laughs> Before this breaks out into fights. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to get, we'll get a video of that. If we do it, fine. But what do you, anyway? What we were saying was, you hold a lot of tightness in your hips, yeah. and apparently you were in a position, and you looked a little, very uncomfortable, a little bit pained. It was in the or pigeon like on the of. Well, yeah, like by virtue of the fact that my hips are poorly. Marked. What what pose was that? Um, pigeon hurts, which is like a foot out in front of you. Yeah, like leg out in front of you. So foot it's like a that. Peri- it's a periformis yep. stretch, isn't foot it? Foot like that. So, what do you mean? so like your foot is up across your chest that way. It's not going up, is it? It's in. It's out in front of you like that, isn't it? Yeah. So your foot doesn't go down either. Foot goes up. Of course it does. Your foot. If you ever put your foot out in front of you, and it's gone down. Well, is it not? So if this is my knee. Look, I'll just do it. Live demonstration. There. Which way is my foot now? Then this leg is back in a lunge behind you. Like that. Up. Oh, you're like this. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's a, that's a tight stretch for me all the time because I've, I tend to have tight glutes and tight hips. So yeah, I looked pained, but I'd be interested. I'd be interested to see what happens if if I cry. We have we have dirt on you for the rest of your life. Fairly certain you've got worse dirt on me than if I cried during your. Oh, Chris cried once. Yeah. Although <laughs> if if you cry, then the likelihood is we're both also going to cry. So then it'll be a podcast of the three of us I, crying. He who cries is. Lizes. <laughs> I, I feel like if Chris cries, I'll feel pressure to cry, and that's more likely to make me not cry. I'm like that with vomiting. If someone's vomiting, I'll want to vomit, like sympathy vom, and then <laughs> and then that sets off a. In fact, it, if someone's vomiting, it makes me want to be sick because of the sight of the vomit. Like this, I'm all right with watching someone. I just don't like the smell or the sound. Something splattering. Something happened to me when I was younger when I was standing outside the side of a club with a friend who was being sick on the floor and because they'd had too much to drink <coughs> it was 
sort of thing that you encourage on a on a nightly basis? The sort of thing I deal with on a nightly basis. Deal with. So there was someone who was clearly like just like finished a night shift or going home from work and they had like they had shopping bags and stuff. <laughs> and as they walked past my friend being sick, the sight of somebody being sick just made them instantly sick. <laughs> <laughs> with shopping bags as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Brilliant, brilliant. That's funny. I've once thrown up. Um, so I, I used to have idiopathic paroxysmal vomiting. Is what is what you'd call it. So like sudden, unexplainable vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what would happen? Was this at the same time as you incessant hiccups? Yeah, similar. So I, I'm guessing they're related. Was it at the same time that you were going to the pool every day? It was. It was after that, but it was when. <laughs> So, speaking of stupid fitness mistakes, this was when uh, I was bulking, folking, <laughs> went from 59 kilos to 90 within a very short period, <laughs> of, within that. like a f- three or four weeks, and a lot, the, the majority of that was from buying a bag of mutant mass, which is seven and a, seven and a half kilo bag, 2,100 calories per serving, um, and it was strawberry flavour, and I'd had a serving of that and then went into like a canteen to eat something, holding my tray. Um, sat down and was on the phone and then just threw up the entire um, serving of this mutant mass which was just pink and like loads of it filled up the tray went all over the table everyone around me on the table jumped up and stepped back and they were like what have you been eating like why you just got like litres of yeah like pink fluid that's just come out of nowhere um and then it happened, it happened again in the same canteen <laughs> later on, like a week later. So I think the, the staff there must have just been like, who is this guy? Scooby problem. That's just hammering, That's like, scooby just, problem. like hammering the sesh, even though I was, I was like fully, fully sober all the time. There's no, there no sesh at all. It's just quietly drinking muted mass in my room. Everyone thinks you just pissed at the canteen, <laughs> throwing up your like, weird like raspberry vodka oh, yeah. smoothie. Oh my God. That was when you were like KFC membership loyalty card. Yeah, I remember you were ninety kilos. So you that's why that fat really for someone who was ninety kilos. I my lift didn't go up at all. <laughs> so 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 that that's why I've written a couple of articles about bulking and why it's a terrible idea. If you are a bulker, please reconsider. Please read my article. Stop, Stop it immediately. Bulking. Stop it. You're such a bulker. <laughs> Speaking of which, my weight has gone up steadily uh, over the last four weeks since training, despite the fact that I'm probably doing about 12 hours. You're pretty lean right now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm the close to the best conditioned I've been in a long time. Leanest and biggest and heaviest like and eight, strongest. 85 kilos. So this is something that we were discussing actually, saying that the amount of volume that you accumulate in CrossFit is probably tantamount or more than a bodybuilding workout because mm. you just tonnage everywhere so probably you're getting a lot of the stimulation that someone who's bodybuilding well, would to get use, to, to use the analogy that I'd used yesterday like there is so much going on there is so many different stimuluses under load that kind of if you throw enough shit at the wall some of it will stick yep. and I think that that just keep going at a high a, a, a high level of exertion with load Mm. I think you will it's inevitably. You, yeah, it's inevitably, and as long as you don't It'll get injured, some poorly designed programs. Like you've you've got Definitely. stronger. You've cleaned hundred kilos recently. Yeah. Um, Did you clean hundred kilos? Yeah, that was my strength test. Cleaned hundred kilos, having never cleaned before in my life. The like previous in my lifey. In my life. <laughs> 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 a cleaning in my lifey. 
That's touch. That's touch. Don't laugh about that. I'm repeating for a while. Um, yeah, so we did a bunch, <laughs> did a bunch of strength tests, but then endurance as well. Did a stop it. Um, see what happens as soon as someone brings up CrossFit. Or no, he's had his silly button pressed. So before he was really serious and getting annoyed that you and I were being too silly. Now the silly. You pressed his silly button. Now he's making heads out of heads out of red bull cups. Ah yeah, yeah. oh, dear. Anyway, you're always derailing me. Content. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, then I had to do a 60 minute row as part of my test week last week on my programming so if you told me like 60 minute row 60 minute, so 60 minute row which was 14,300 metres which is like a 2 minute 6 for anyone who knows how a row works 2 minutes 6 seconds split on average 2.6 or something like that um, I tried to stay below 2 but just couldn't do it um, and that was I, I was in this office Telling the people in this office, I've got to go to the gym now. Oh, I thought that you went earlier on. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I did the class, but I've got some programming that I've got to go and do. Oh, what, what, what do you work out this evening? It's like I'm, uh, I'm doing a sixty-minute row. Like, why? Like, I don't really know. Mm. It's I don't that, really that, know that's why. That's the only problem. It's difficult to answer why. Like today, I am doing push jerk and um, hang snatch. Bit with, and then burpees. With burpees. Why? Okay, cool. Why? Because it's the one. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But by the same token, why is your rep scheme eight by three by one? <laughs> well, that's evidence. I'm gonna have to explain that now. Yeah. Chris thinks that everything, every rep and set scheme should have times one after it. It should because everything is ultimately just done in single reps. It is. If it you is zoom out far enough, everything is by one. Life. It's just by one. By one. But so the argument, the problem that is infinitely recursive to, you, you can then add one to that. Time, you only need to do it, no, but I just need to know how many times I'm doing it. But then how many times are you doing that new bracket, that new set? Once. Okay, so do you add times one onto that? Feel free. <coughs> do, do you see the problem? <laughs> no, you're just doing it once. <laughs> but you're doing all of it once. Yeah, so, so you're, saying you're doing all of that once. Yeah, once. So you were saying the second yeah, times once. one is implied, but then no, the, the second times one needs to be explicit because I need no, to know how many times I'm doing it. The first times one needs to be explicit, which we've done. Yeah. So that that's the new set, and yeah. that but then that is times one. But you were saying that's implied, but you you didn't follow that rule with the first times one. So why not say times one to this, and then that's implied now for the, that's all for times crack one. On. Well, just keep adding times yeah, one. Yeah, crack on. Just we're one of those paper. recursive symbols. We have we have no paper left in in the world. It's like, that's like, that's like <laughs> what about digital paper? Surely that's infinite. We'd have to build data centers yeah. around like. It's like Graham's number, isn't it? Or just to, for me to record one exercise. Yeah. What's Graham's number? It's. Do you not know what Graham's number is? It's his yeah. mate Graham. Got a really long number. <laughs> it's. Uh, signed up with a Vodafone contract and they just gave him the I'm surprised one. that you don't. I think. I, I'm close to saying it's the largest number. The largest number that's been. Recorded, not written down in its entirety because it's powers to powers to powers using this crazy arrow notation that basically I, I watched a um, YouTube. This is me delving into one of those things that you think I should know, isn't it? Yeah, right. So we're well, just get, getting get things up, that I, I had no idea you didn't know. Get, get up Graham's number. Um, I watched a 
uh, YouTube documentary that said that if your brain was able to compute the size, hold all of the information held in the size of Graham's number, the level of density of energy that you'd need would turn your head into a black hole. Now, whether or not that's true, I'm not sure. Okay. It's more, it's by, a, by such a massive factor, it's more particles than are in the entire observable universe. Like, Graham's number is an unimaginably unimaginably large number that is the proven upper bound on the solution to a certain problem in the Ramsey theory. I think it means, I think it, do you know what the solution is? I swear the solution is like the number 11. Like the solution is, it's basically what is the, I think it's what is the largest number or what is the smallest number, whichever one of the two. I'm We've got the last 12 digits of Graham's number here. Yeah. Actually, it finishes it. Should we call it six? Is it six? <laughs> So, so Ben told me, if you're listening to this, you, you probably know Graham's number. So, so Ben... Ben probably is Graham. <laughs> ben used to write Ben's Protein number. Fitness and uh, has a PhD in pure maths. So probably thinks that this is just like Fisher-Price. Really, this stuff, should have just... Discussion, this stuff's yeah. a warm-up for him, isn't it? Yeah. Look at Graham's number just to get me in the mood. I'll <laughs> tackle some real problems. It's like the other day when we are out for food and Chris was like telling us what he just read about space-time. The fourth dimension, yeah, and, and Terra Explaining, explaining the fourth dimension to me. While I was eating some brisket. It was nice brisket. I had something that I was going to say before that was really relevant. Was it CrossFit? Yeah. Uh, was it conditioning? Conditioning. Bodybuilding volume. To got it. Yes. Right. So, the thing that I've noticed since being in this gym is a disproportionate number of people who are in really good shape. Yeah. Is that correlation or causation? What do you think? I think causation. Okay, <clears throat> interesting. So you're saying then that... Because it would be inconsistent it, of me to say, to say that thing about bodybuilding volume and then to be like, oh, but they're just in good shape. So, for some uh, so I agree with you about bodybuilding volume. However, like a burpee... So like bodybuilding volume is a lot of time under load. Mm. A burpee a snatch, a clean, even like a toaster bar, like how much of that is momentum and how much of it is controlled. But when you, in terms, of the, in terms of the isometric contraction or whatever the term is that you use for activating your muscles, if you look at the midsections on a lot of CrossFit and a lot of um, weightlifters actually as well, mm. like, yeah, it might be a little bit thicker than and more blocky than a typical fitness athlete would want in terms of having a taper. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the shape and the development of the midsection, it's usually better. Very good. Yeah. Very low levels of body fat as well. So there's this, and this is consistent across gymnastics, high-level gymnastics, high-level weightlifting, high-level CrossFit. Which is somewhere between the two. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so by that logic, if you want to get in good shape, like don't waste your time with... So like to get to get really high level gymnastics, like immense there's an immense level of basic skill required to even get to the level of volume required to achieve the level of volume to look like they look. By one. By one. Yeah. Same with weightlifting. Yeah. CrossFit, Chris is already accessing some of the some of those levels of volume without having the immense skill base mm. because they've scaled all of the movements. Right. So in summary, everybody should do CrossFit. I, it's it's very difficult to fault the training for CrossFit because of the group mentality, how enjoyable it is. If it's coached well, it can be safe, it's scalable. The only thing that I just I can't abide by still is the typical CrossFit diet. It just seems completely at odds with the demands of the sport. So the typical CrossFit diet would be kind of paleo, low, um, carb. low yeah. to moderate carb. Whereas I imagine if you look at the 
top-level competitive CrossFitters, they don't eat anything like that. No, not at all. No, so, not at all. I think that's, I th- there's a, there was, I don't know if there still is, there was a trend a little while ago, uh, infinite, elgin, infinite Elgin Intensity is probably a good proprietor of this. One of his biggest defences about CrossFit is that, yeah, the absolute elite guys look good and are strong and are mobile and are fit by pretty much any definition of the word, but he argues that they do not train CrossFit for CrossFit. Mm-hmm. They're often ex weightlifters, aren't they? A lot of the guys are um, Dan Bailey, ex sprinter. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the guys baseball, weirdly, and like American football, I guess, like American dominated sport mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, That's getting increasingly more like athletically demanding as well. Like if you're a baseball player, you're you're effectively a sprinter. Is that the, is well, that like, look at what they have to do. Mm. Like, if you're going to do the home run in baseball, like, that's sprinting as fast well, as if you it's can. A ho- if it's a home run, then you don't need to sprint. You know what I mean? Out the Running all the way around. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. What is that called? I don't know. I think it's a home run. I'm not round sure. and round the garden like a teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> One step, two step. Tickly under there. <laughs> 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 oh, so, you okay. said, why don't you do CrossFit? I'm, I'm sold. I'm going to start CrossFit tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not going to start CrossFit tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue stretching in in my local bodybuilding gym. <laughs> Both of which are equally ridiculous if you know who you are. Yeah. Um. But no. Yeah. Let's say I'll be interested to see how everything progresses. I'm only whatever in terms of proper programming four weeks in, but in terms of conditioning and stuff, maybe close to seven. Um, heaviest I've been in a while now, but also able to lift my body weight an awful lot more. Didn't think I'd be able to do a lot of handstand push-ups, and it would appear that's something I'm fairly good at. Um, chins, yeah, chins and toes about <laughs> good. Snatches not good, but I need to account for it. So on and so forth. Um, so yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens. The open um, is starts in four weeks. And I'm going to see if I can complete the five week, the five workouts that are released over five weeks without having to scale any of the movements or weights. Um, Good go. Yes. Not a bad one. There, there, is a scale, there is a scale version, but um, I felt like it would be a little bit of a disservice to spending so much time. Do you know what it would have been? It would have been a disservice to Bobby Dildin mm. for me to have spent so long lifting weights and then admit that was useless as fuck. Like, for me to have done the best part of a decade of pretty poor training, like fairly inconsistent but still lifting weights and then go in and not be able to compete the movements and the, the weights that are at like even just to do the workout or get close to doing the workout I think would have well yeah but but bodybuilding is specialising in so lifting weights let's say you can break it up into all the different subsections sub uh, skills but lifting weights for, for bodybuilding is one more extreme end of, of that mm. Whereas CrossFit, if you don't really care about trying to get to one of those goals as fast as possible, mm. then really it's all the fun stuff of moving around. So you've got the gymnastic stuff, mm. weightlifting, looking good, mm. being lean, um, get to do some, some quite, quite hard work, mm. all of that stuff. If you enjoy the full package, then there's no reason why not to do it. I think if cool you want to get as strong stuff. as possible, as quick as possible, maybe don't. But mm. yeah. No, I think, that's, that, I think that's a really, really good point that everything moves up. There's a quite a broad spectrum of movements and skills that you need to learn and that you will, especially if you're going in as a complete novice, mm. I do think that making swift gains in terms of your the way that you look 
probably, and in terms of the, your strength and stuff, probably not going to happen because it's not like you're front squatting three or four times a week. It'll be at most once a week. And mm. well, the demands of, of the two, the, the demands of the full thing, some of them are biologically opposite to each other, so you have to sacrifice one for the other mm. to make smooth progress. It seems, to be, it seems to be quite a common discussion at the moment in the gym as people move towards the open, which for a lot of the guys who are in the, the top end of the gym, that's their entry level um, workout to get to the further levels of CrossFit competition that are nationally or internationally sort of renowned. Um, a lot of the guys at the moment are debating what they're doing with their diet um, in terms of am I too heavy or am I too light? But if they consider that they're gonna make it to regionals, which is the next level, the weights go up dramatically. The open needs to be inclusive. So it means that the heaviest weight that's probably gonna be in the open will be maybe like 185 pounds maybe unless there's something where you've got to work up to a max in which case you'd be able to do whatever you wanted like a lot of the time it won't really hit a super super heavy weight because then it means that people like won't be able to do the won't be able to enter into the workout Mm. Um, but then as soon as you get to regionals you need to have more a lot more weight because that's weeded out an awful lot of the people it doesn't need to be as inclusive anymore in fact it needs to be the opposite so the weight is used as a filter to to absolutely yeah so, so strength is like the gateway to each level essentially a little bit yeah but the thing is that people need more conditioning at the first level for the open it's lots of reps fast mm-hmm. or like with, the, with relatively less weight the maximum time the, ma- the longest workout that's happened in the open ever yet has been 20 minutes oh wow that is the okay. longest one that's been done and a lot of them uh, 2013 or 2012 one of the open workouts was 7 minutes of burpees as many reps as possible um, and some some guy some guy like obviously that that's quite poorly programmed because it's not constantly constantly varied. Mm. But some guy got like a hundred and eighty or something in like seven minutes, which is like fucking ridiculous. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so that is very. I see. Me took zero rest and went extremely quickly for all seven minutes. I'm pretty certain. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So the 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 point for the way that the, these guys are preparing at the moment is interesting. And I think what makes it more interesting is that they're not really too concerned about condition. They just use their performance as a barometer for what they're eating. So yeah, if you've if you're full paleo religious scripture tattoo down the side, <laughs> like like if you're one of those CrossFit guys, then yeah, I think that you might be delving deep into just nuts and grains, like raw out of the ground. But for the guys that are eating for performance, they just keep eating and until something backs off. Right, I'm stronger. However, my handstand push-ups have gone down and my pull-ups are starting to suffer and my toes to buy her right okay well let's dial it back oh okay now I've taken it too far now I can't squat as much now I can't do whatever and there's a sweet spot in between all of them and what's interesting is the fact there isn't a weight class Mm. it's one of the only you can be the weight which is most appropriate for you so there's guys that'll be 180 pounds there'll also be guys that are probably 220 pounds Mm. maybe more um there's people who are five, like Rich Fronians, whatever, like five foot seven or five foot eight or something, not very tall at all. Mm. There's a couple of guys who are like six. Three. Rich Fronians like ninety odd kilos though, mm. which is ridiculous. So he's like shorter than how tall are you? Five eleven. So it's quite significantly shorter than you. It's like another another ten kilos on you basically. Shredded. Mm. Yeah, built a bit. I heard Dan Bailey talking about his diet. Have you seen a photo of Dan Bailey? Like, looks like a bodybuilder. Okay. It's like looks like a natural bodybuilder. And he says, like, they ask him about his diet, and he's like, oh, really consistent, really quite clean a lot, a lot of the time, don't really track what I eat, but I put a lot of effort into food quality. Then they say, do you ever have, like, a, a cheat or a blow? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, I'll have some days where I just, you know, eat all the donuts I can eat or eat loads of pizza and ice cream. Oh, but how often does that happen, Dan? Like, oh, twice a week. 
okay. So it's <laughs> so yeah, like, pretty regular then. Yeah. Almost like I was expecting like part of your diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I was expecting, you know, once a couple of months. Once a month, yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. But twice a week, that's that's too bit. Like that at the point where if you took your calories as a percentage of what they came from, the donuts probably make up a pretty significant chunk. <laughs> Especially yeah. if you're eating as many. Yeah, very true. So as many as possible. So Dan Bailey, fueled by donuts. Honestly, that's that's a perfectly reasonable argument as well. Like, mm. if it's such a large proportion mm. of his calories, that's it. You'll have to eat a lot of sweet potato and like coconut butter oh, to make to, up to get even a, like coconut a small oil. six box if it, of Krispy Kreme macros. I I F F Y M. There's a Man. there's a real risk that I've got parking tickets. Where? Okay. Because I'm parked in a zone. You get maximum two hours. Maximum two hours. Right, well, we need to do some would you rather stuff. Okay, let's let's do one would you rather. some soft tissue work here. And then wrap this up. Careful. There we go. Let's do two would you rather. Okay, go. Would you rather never be able to swear again or always have to hold the door whenever someone is... 15 feet behind you. 15 feet or less. I I quite often go through doors without someone else behind me. Might be quite annoying. Actually, no, that might be quite annoying in a nightclub. Oh, you would never uh, get away. Circumstance. That would be me tethered to the door for the rest of the night. <laughs> as like one of those uh, bellboys at the front of a You'd American hotel. you have to somebody whenever you wait for someone to go through the door, quickly conquer them. Yeah. What happens when you try to swear? You can't do it. You like, would you get censored? Okay. Really? Does it make that would be quite good. Fun noise, or do you look like you have a stammer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Liar Liar? <laughs> <laughs> Great film. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about the woman's boobs in the lift. I can't remember. And he's not allowed to lie. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I, I think that's it's the. Not allowed to swear. Not allowed to swear. I'm I'm happy with the door thing. Imagine like going into a busy building, for example, and there's like a street of people behind you. Fifteen feet's not far. It's quite far. Fifteen feet's not far. I don't think. I think that there's. It's rare unless you go to a concert or a football match or something. I think it's rare that you'd ever have to wait for more than like three to five minutes. Fine. I'm (laughs) good for that. Sold. Cool. Would you rather never need to sleep? Or be able to put anyone within arm's reach to sleep. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I like the sound. A little bit. <laughs> what would you do if you could put someone to sleep? Like, what's the benefit of that? There's very little benefit of that. Just <laughs> um, be good for my business partner who's recently had a small child who won't shut up crying. That's a good. You'd have to go around to his house though nightly. It'd be good for him. I don't want it. It'd be a good way oh, to win the CrossFit Open. Just sleep everyone else. Mm. <laughs> the open, the open would mean I'd have to do it to everyone in the world. It could be arranged. Right. Okay. Uh, the games, yeah, maybe you only got to do it to forty people. They are quite fast, though. So to cheat in sports, it would be cheating good. in sport. Cheating mm. in sports is. A, is I think one. cheating in most things, like being able to disable the competitors temporarily. Quite good for self-defense. Like you'd never need to learn a martial art or anything. That's a pretty good point. Mm. Um, Fine. What, was the, what was the other one? Never need no. to sleep. Oh, Never that's need also to really good. Never need to sleep. Pretty good. Yeah. Like you've got it. I think like you're unstoppable, basically. Yeah. Like you literally got double the output. You can twice, learn. As, twice yeah. as 
Well, based on sleep cycle, I only sleep for six hours and 35 minutes a night, over 818 tracked nights. Um, so you could sleep, you, you could not sleep, dedicate one hour to learning self-defense and learning whatever other skills you would need. Hypnosis. Hypnosis, yeah. And then best of both worlds, yeah. fine. Another Think one of what you could do, in, like how much you could get done in the evening. Like so you could watch I hours of films and still read loads of books. I don't know what I'd do at like four in the morning though. I think I'd try and leave a lot of my like work that needs my focus for the night time. Yeah. Spend the day and having then, fun. And, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then people would be like, how does he get so much done? Like mm. he's always just partying. Would you rather <laughs> be illiterate for the rest of your life or one day per year on Halloween put eight pounds of Skittles in your bum? <laughs> Eight pounds. Eight pounds weight. Four kilos of Skittles. How are they put into your bum? Individually. (laughs) Individually. That is a lot of Skittles. Doesn't seem that bad to me. So a single bag of single serving of Skittles is 50 grams. That's a little one though. Like if you've got a sharing bag for the... the, 100 grams, 120 grams? I think 200. For the the cinema, Mm. 200 grams. It's just one one day. It would probably take out the whole day of Halloween, but fine. Wouldn't, yeah, I'm worried like, about like. Could I get you to do it? Because obviously you're a trained professional and <laughs> putting your fingers into people's bottles. Fine. If you if you paid me in not needing sleep, could you create some sort of funnel through the intergluteal cleft? <laughs> yeah, you could. Well remembered as well. You're good with your anatomy. Funderform. Um, <laughs> Funderform ligament. So yeah, you could make a funnel, couldn't you? So like, there, yeah. and then have like a. Thing where you could just slot them in individually so each time could you not just have a massive funnel well then you could automate you could automate that have someone automate yeah so then you can do all your reading (laughs) and then create a machine that does it for you so once once a year on halloween plug yourself in press yeah fine start probably getting uncomfortable after around maybe 100 how much how many what's the what is the rectal capacity of the average male in liters Oh, I don't know. You, Google it. It's it's pretty flexible because you can get impacted with. Okay. Yeah, I imagine it's stretchy. Rectal capacity. <laughs> I imagine everybody has a different capacity. I realize you're looking for the average. So exactly how much stuff can you fit in your rectum is a title of a paper right. from a gastrointestinal expert <laughs> in North Carolina. Yep. Bloody hell. Um, Good barbecue stuff there. And they are 350 to 500 milliliters. Not that much. Not very yeah, big. You're going to have to cycle those Skittles in. Do they all have to be in at one time? Well, that's rectum, but you could probably, if you pushed hard enough, you could they push them up in. into your small bowel and stuff. Would they just come out stuck in your mouth? Eventually, oh, they taste okay. awful. So, would it not be, would it no, not, no. so could They're you not, they're hard out of shell, could, could, dissolve at the core. But. Could you not put sure. them in, could you not put them in, then poo them out, then start, start again? Because you don't have to hold it at one time. You just have to put it... In fact, you could put them in individually and then poo them out individually. So it doesn't... doesn't I don't think... You didn't say, it didn't like say you hold. Know. It didn't say hold at one time. It said put them... Put that many up your bum. He's I found, he's found the, uh, the loophole. I'm right now. Mate, all you've got to do is just put a skittle up your bum. About 4,000 times. Which can't be that bad. Come on. How much does skittle weigh? Like, yeah. No. Nah. Less than a gram. Probably. A gram. More than a gram. I reckon there's 55 skills in a small bag of skills. No. 1.062 grams. Wow. Okay. <laughs> You're trying to put me to sleep. 
Um, okay, so a gram. So you have 4,000 Skittles to put up your ass. How many seconds are in a day? No, it's a gram. 3,600, isn't it? Uh, so 25,000. Because when we chatted about how many press-ups could you do in a day, and I said, it's just how many seconds there are in a day. 86,400. 86,000. Okay, so how many is that? What's that divided by 4,000? Uh, Stop ticking my feet. No. 21.6. So you've got to put a skittle up your bum every 21.6 seconds. Maybe do it every 20 seconds you're on march just in case someone comes in. I'd rather put 21.6 every second. You wouldn't have How are you going to do that? I don't know, just, you'd have to have, you yeah, have time. automation or have a team. Fastest dispensing, 20 per second. Like a paintball oh, gun. That's basically a gun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 20, like 20, sky, 20 seconds, 20 seconds time is enough right? time to put the skittle up your bum, get back it back out, out, with like a bit of time to spare. Like, enough. Just before cool. we finish, can we get you doing the FaceTime noise? I'll chop it out of the previous podcast, slip it in. It'll be the same. Well, we've, we've done the paintball noise, so I think you should have an attempt at it. <laughs> if I have an attempt at it, will you do it? Let's, let's all do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Chris? I don't know what it is. I don't face it. <laughs> it sounds like you're being shot. I don't use face. I don't use FaceTime. And someone hacked my Skype apparently. Yeah. Someone did hack your Skype. Yeah. Sending Badoo and LinkedIn links. Yeah. But not to right. me. Whoever's, whoever's, whoever's hacked my Skype. Because they don't want you to know it's been hacked. They wouldn't send it to you. Okay. Well, hope you've enjoyed this. Um, that has been a lovely little window into the world of CrossFit. Some great insights there as well, Chris. Um, you've definitely made me more amenable to CrossFit. Well, you he hated it before. Hated it before, but now um, I'm yeah. I'm slowly getting sold as I'm. The more I go there, the more I see what they're doing. So in a year's time, this will be the, the propane CrossFit podcast. The Crosscast. Crosscast. The Chris Crosscast. <laughs> Chris. Fit. And we'd all just have really thick abs and, and just bit everything we'll be wearing will be Reebok and we'll be eating sweet potato wedges. It's begun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speak to you guys next week. Bye. How long was that?